I'm blessed you take your Bibles, if you would, and open up to the book of Matthew, book of Matthew chapter 24, if you would, please, Matthew chapter 24, as we take a look at the second coming of Christ, Matthew chapter 24 and verse 32 through the end of the chapter, the Bible reads this way. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When its branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Two shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch, therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched, and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready... For in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh, who then is faithful and a wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find doing, uh, so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and to drink with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in that uh, in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's pray if we could, please. Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity that's ours to be able to look into your word and spend some time in your word to be able to pursue after yourself. I pray, Lord, that we would take your word and apply it to our hearts and our lives and that we would seek to be more like your dear son. And Father, I pray that your grace would work in and through me and that you would remove any distractions from my mind. I pray that my heart, my mind would be clear, that I would only say those things that should be said. I pray that I'd be underneath the complete control of your Holy Spirit, and that you would do the work that only you can do. Father, I pray that I would once again be totally surrendered to you. I love you this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. 
you've heard it said that opinions are like armpits. Everybody has them and they all stink, you know. Opinions are many. It's interesting as I, I, I was talking with an individual the other day and, and they said to me, yeah, this person, they, they, they give their opinion, but they really don't know the backstory. I think many times if we're not careful, we all do that sometimes, don't we? The Bible tells us, though, that that's not wise to give an opinion or to answer somebody before you know the whole story. That's what the Bible tells us. It's unwise. A foolish person does that. And I think at times all of us have been foolish and we've jumped ahead or we think we know what the person's going to say or we think we know the situation the way it's supposed to be. And we'll offer up our opinion. And by the way, our opinions are always the best opinions, aren't they? I mean, I really like my opinions. I like them a whole bunch. And you like your opinions. But you know, when it comes to the Word of God, opinions don't matter. And there are a lot of opinions on this portion of Scripture. And there are a lot of opinions upon, uh, about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when it comes to the Word of God, our opinion does not matter. It matters what the Bible says. And if you're going to have a growing faith, and if I'm going to have a growing faith, we must take a look at what the Bible has to say and not what we feel is the right way to go or not, well, this is what I believe or this is my opinion. To be honest with you, if you were to take a look at this portion of Scripture, there are three statements that really summarize the return of Christ. Christ doesn't give us his opinion he gives us his own word, and he tells us three main statements that summarize the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. First, he says in this portion of Scripture, Matthew chapter 24, that his absence would be protracted, or his absence would, would there would be a time that he would not be here on earth. And we know that, right? According to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus, uh, the, the, Jesus uh, is, is ascended up into heaven after verse 8. In the verse 9, he's ascended up into heaven, and the angel says that Jesus will come again. That this same Jesus, which he saw go up in heaven, shall come in like manner also. So he's going to come back, but Jesus said, look, my absence is going to be protracted. So we know that right now. That, that statement is true. Jesus is not here physically on earth. So we know that to be true. The second statement is that certain signs will indicate that his return is approaching. That his return is approaching. Now, we, we have to remember that Matthew chapter 24 is not about the rapture of the church. It's about the return of Christ. They are two separate events. And Jesus says there's certain signs. Uh, isn't it interesting that we sometimes will use the newspaper to back up our theology? That's a sad state. We don't need to do that. There are certain signs about the return of Christ and when he's going to return. But then, the third statement that Jesus makes, first he says, my absence is going to be protracted. The second statement is that there are certain signs that will let you know that my return is near. But then the third statement that he makes is that nobody knows the day or the hour. You've heard people down throughout the ages that have tried to predict the time when Christ would return. The Bible is very clear on this. Listen to me. 
If anybody says they know when Jesus Christ will return and they try and give you a time or a date, they are a false teacher. The Bible doesn't give us Jesus' opinion. It gives us three direct statements about his return. What the scripture says then is to affect my faith. We're talking about growing in faith. That's, a, that's the section that we're in now uh, in, in our year of growth. We've looked at a growing in stewardship, and now we're looking at growing in faith. And, and what the scriptures tell us is to affect my faith. See, a growing faith does not rest upon when, but upon whom. The disciples were asking, gee, when are you going to return? When's the Messiah going to return? And don't we always want to know when, 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 when? Of course we do. If you have children and you go uh, on a long trip, five minutes in, are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know exactly the way it is. If you've got grandchildren, what are you? And now, now though, we've got the saving grace. We've got iPads and we can, we got video players. And so now it doesn't matter. They don't ask that as much. But I remember when I was a kid, are we there yet? You know, are we there yet? You know what they're asking? When? When are we going to get there? And you know what people are, are asking today? Well, when is Christ going to return? Look, a growing faith does not concern itself with when. A growing faith rests upon whom? And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are three aspects in this passage that someone who has a growing faith reflects. These are the aspects of someone that has a growing faith in their life. They're not looking for the when, but they are resting upon the whom. The first aspect of a growing faith. You have a faith that expects. That expects. You have a faith that expects. We see this in verses 32 through 36. How does a faith expect? Write this down, letter A. A faith that expects listens to the commands. A faith that expects listens to the commands. Jesus says in verse, take a look at verse 32. Now learn a parable. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. He says, when the branches are, are swelling with sap, they, they use the word tender, and they start to see the buds, the growth of the leaves, know that summer's near. We know that, don't we? Uh, we'll, we'll take a look at these trees out here in a few weeks, and we'll start to see the buds on it. And guess what? We're getting excited because we know what's going to happen. Most of us get excited. Springtime is coming. There's a, there's a few people that like the wintertime, and we're praying for their salvation. <laughs> But we know what, this springtime's coming. Man, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to that. Jesus says the same thing here. He says, know that summer's near. And he's not saying, look, I want you to consider this. 
I want you to consider my, uh, my teaching here. No, he says, now learn a parable of the fig tree. What he's saying is, he's saying, I'm commanding you. This is a command to his listeners. And he says, just like you know that summer is near, because you can see what's happening to the fig tree, you can also know that this coming of the Son of Man is near because the events that are happening. You are to learn from the illustration, he's saying. See, there is no excuse. There is no excuse for us as believers for not knowing the coming of Christ is going to happen. There's no excuse. We can know that Christ is coming back. Not only because of the events that are happening, but why? Because of his word. A faith that is growing is a faith that expects. A faith that expects listens to the command. What did Jesus say? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again. He didn't say, I might come again. He said, I will come again. So Christ is going to come again. And a growing faith that expects listens to the commands. But I would say, let her be a, a growing faith that expects continues in the truth. Continues in the truth. Take a look at verses 34 through 36. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. There's a phrase in here that, that many people have gotten hung up on. It's that Jesus says that this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. And they get hung up on that phrase. Because what they do is they attribute that phrase to the generation that Jesus... They, they believe that Jesus is speaking to that generation. That's not who he's speaking about. What's the context here? He's talking about the end times. He, just he, he had just talked about the tribulation period, in the middle of the tribulation period, what was going to happen. What was he saying when he says this generation? He's talking about that generation during the tribulation period. It will not pass... They will not die off until what? Until all those things that Jesus has said will take place. It's talking about those who are living during the tribulation. So what does that mean for us today for a growing faith? That just like they are to continue in the truth, a faith that expects we are to continue in the truth. Jesus makes mention that certain things are going to pass away. Human life is going to pass away. He says, this generation, once all that he says has come to completion, they're going to pass away. He also says that, guess what? Heaven's going to pass away. Earth is going to pass away. Take, uh, turn in your Bibles, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 31. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 
and verse 31. I want you to take a look here. We're talking about if you're going to grow in your faith, we, uh, a, 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 a faith that grows does not rest upon when, it rests upon whom. And we, are, we have a, a, an expected faith. A faith that listens to the commands. A faith that continues in the truth. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 31. And they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. Take a look at Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. I want you to look there uh, with me, if you will, please. Jesus says certain things are going to pass away. Human life is going to pass away. Heaven's going to pass away. Earth is going to pass away. Now take a look at the book of the Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. See, a faith that expects continues in the truth. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you have a growing faith? I didn't say, do you have faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? I said, do you have a growing faith? There's a big difference. There's a lot of people that have their fire escape. You know what's sad for us as believers when we have people that come to church every single week for 40 or 50 years and they are still babes in Christ? You know how you know when somebody's a babe in Christ and they've been saved for a long time and they've never had a growing faith? Move their connect group class. Cut out something we have always done. Change a time of the service. Move the service from one location to another location. Folks, in light of eternity, can I ask you one question? In light of eternity, in light of eternity, what does that matter? Pastor's not wearing a tie. Mm -mm. Well, you know, I checked with Jesus, and since he didn't wear a tie, I'm not going to. Somebody said, well, you're going to wear a, a, a sandals and a, uh, and a robe. I said, hey, if I can get away with it, give me a pair of flip-flops and a robe. I'll be here next Sunday ready to go. I'm just, 
just teasing with you, but isn't it amazing? <clears throat> oh, I, I, I've got a growing faith. Do you really? I'd like all of you to please stand up and move forward. Can you believe that he's asking us to move forward? You know, I thought about doing that on communion Sunday, that Sunday night. I told Brother Richard, I said, next time we have communion, I said, I want us to be able to move everybody forward. But I figured we probably wouldn't have half the church take communion because everybody would be upset and mad at me. And so your heart wouldn't be right with God. So we're going to wait. I'm just letting you know ahead of time. <laughs> Do you have a growing faith? I, it... it doesn't really make much sense, does it? People are dying and going to hell, and we're concerned about where we're going to sit at church. I can't believe somebody moved my Bible, moved my... I had that seat saved. Can you believe that? I can't... Look, do me a favor. If you're a guest here today, and somebody said to you, you're sitting in my seat, let me know. Point that person out to me, please. Because we don't have assigned seats here. Unless... If you would like assigned seats, I'm letting you know. Feel free. You can have every person that wants an assigned seat, you can have a assigned seat. I'm letting you know that right now. Deacons, we will get plaques and everything. You will personally purchase your seat for $10,000. And that money will go directly to the parking lot. So if you want your seat, that's, this is your seat, Mr. So-and-so. And then you've got to purchase your wife's seat. If not, she's sitting back there. Some of you may like that. I don't know. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? Do you have a growing faith? What, what, what do these things matter? See, a growing faith is a faith that expects, it, it, it listens to the commands of God. It continues in the truth. A growing faith does not rest upon when. A growing faith rests upon whom? Jesus states that his second coming is going to be physical. There's one thing that Jesus said is not going to be a done away with. His word. Human life ends. Heaven will pass away. The heavens that we know, talking about the atmosphere, okay? Not his heaven. There's three heavens, okay? There's atmosphere, then there's beyond the atmosphere, and then there's a heaven where God resides, okay? So hopefully I make that clear to you. And then the earth is going to pass away. But one thing that will never pass away is his word. Do you realize that when Jesus Christ died on the cross and then was in the grave for three days... That if the devil could have kept him in the grave, that was the only way that the word of God would cease. Because if you can eliminate Jesus Christ, you can eliminate his word. Because Jesus Christ and the word are inseparable. So since Jesus Christ has defeated death, hell, and the grave, guess what, my friend? His word will never be defeated. So a, a faith, a growing faith, is a faith that expects, it follows the commands of Christ. It continues in the truth. And my friend, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior this morning, Jesus Christ has specifically said that all people are sinners. Everybody here. 
That includes me. Many times people put the preacher or the reverend or the man of the cloth and think, well, he's probably not a sinner. Yes. To be honest with you, I've said it before, I'm probably the greatest sinner in here. I would hate for my life to be thrown up on the screen. And since Jesus Christ said it, his word is true. He said that all men are sinners. And he's also taught us that no man can come unto the Father but through him, by him. And the only way to get to the Father, to have a relationship with the Father and to have your sins forgiven is to realize that you and I, we are sinners and we are without hope. There is no way. I, friend, if you're here without Christ and you've gone to another church and they've told you, you just have to do good, you've got to light candles, you've got to take Holy Communion, you've got to be Christians, you've got to be baptized, you've got to be a deacon, you've got to speak in another tongue, you've got to have... Hey, let me tell you something. That's not what Scripture says. Scripture tells us that Jesus Christ is the only way and that we've got to believe in him. If I did not believe that this platform would hold me up, I wouldn't be up here this morning standing on it. But because I believe that this platform will hold me up, I have no problem standing. I have no problem jumping up and down. I have no problem stopping my feet. I'm not afraid that this platform is going to not hold me any longer. And it's the same thing with Jesus Christ. If you believe his word and you take him at his word, realizing that you're a sinner, realizing that without Christ you're going to go to hell, that's what Jesus says then what you do is you take that step, if you will, and you place everything on Jesus. And you're not afraid that things are going to give out underneath you. You're not concerned that if you've sinned too much that Jesus won't forgive you. You're not worried about, I've got to get my life cleaned up so that I can go to Jesus. No, Jesus Christ is the only way and you can trust in him completely. We know that for our salvation, and we've accepted that for our salvation, that faith. But are you so foolish, open Bible, to believe that you've begun in the flesh, uh, in the spirit? That you've begun in the spirit salvation. Are you so foolish, open Bible, to believe that you've begun in the spirit than to be growing through the flesh? Is that not what Paul told the... Church of Galatia? See, a growing faith is one that expects, a, a growing faith is one that listens to the commands of God and it continues in the truth. See, the words of Jesus which are contained in this book which we call the Bible, do you realize that it will never undergo even the slightest change? One man put it this way. This means Jesus' words will never pass away. They will never cease to exist, nor prove untrue, nor lose their potency. They will always be there for the church to consult. 
Do you have a growing faith? Jesus then states about this expectant faith that no one knows when his return is going to happen. There have been many who have tried to figure this out. But Jesus says that no one knows emphatically except for the Father. One might be quick to say, if you know Scripture at all, say, wait a second, I thought Jesus and God were one. And how can, how can the Father know but Jesus not know when I'll come back? Well, Jesus is speaking in his humanity here. Jesus is showing us. He's showing us his voluntary limitations of his divine attributes while here on earth. Jesus limited himself so that he could sacrifice himself for you and for me. Oh, he could have come to this earth as, as, as the supreme ruler, and he did in some respects, he really did, but he limited his divine attributes so that you and I could have a Savior. So the emphasis is on a faith that is growing continues in the truth. Now listen, here you go. Even when you don't know when. Now let's take this from the when of when Jesus Christ is going to return to the when of when this is going to end in my life. When is this going to start up in my life? When am I going to get married? When am I going to be financially secure? When am I going to get that job? When, when, when? See, it'd be very easy for us to be able to walk out of here and say, yeah, well, that's great. Uh, I've got an expected faith and I'm, I'm continuing in, the, in the, the commands. I'm continuing in the truth. Are you? Because most of us live our lives on when. You know what we say? The worst part about, about a situation is just waiting, not knowing when. when. An expecting faith, a growing faith, is one that does not rest upon when, but upon whom. And so it doesn't matter if it comes to pass in our time frame or not. It doesn't matter. You say, well, I've got this, I've got this disease, and I'm just praying that God will heal me. I don't know when God is going to heal me. Let me ask you something. What if you have to continue exactly the way you are in the situation where you find yourself exactly where you're at today for the rest of your life? Then you're going to continually ask you, when, when, when? And you're going to continually be disappointed thinking that God has let you down. Why? Because you are resting upon the when instead of upon the whom of Scripture. And when you rest upon the whom of Scripture, when your faith rests upon Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, you're not asking when anymore. Why? Because you're resting in Him. What, what are you doing? You are trusting that He knows what is best for you. You are trusting that His timetable is correct for you. You are trusting that this came into your life so that that way God can use it to be able to help you grow in Him. It's not about when, it's about whom. The Bible tells us that we have been predestined, what? To be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. We haven't been predestined to have all the answers to life. We haven't been predestined to know uh, exactly when everything's going to happen. No, but we have been predestined to know that we are to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. 
And so many times Jesus does not give us the answer to when so that that way we can trust in the whom. Because you know it to be true and so do I. If God always gave us the answer of when, we would not look at him as God. We would look at him as a genie in the bottle. Okay, good. Then who's in control? See, if your life never gets to the when, it's still okay. Because a faith that is growing does not rest upon the when. It rests upon the whom. And a faith that is growing, it expects. And expectant faith listens to the commands. And expectant faith continues in the truth.